0: Chapter thirty four of Carpenter's Geographical Reader Africa. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Carpenter's Geographical Reader Africa by Frank G. Carpenter. The Congo and its Basin. We have left Luango and are steaming along on our way to the Congo the ocean is already brown with the silt from the river the screw of our steamer turns up the green sea from under the brown and churns all to a chocolate foam we are approaching the mouth of one of the largest rivers on earth the congo while not so long as the nile is greater in volume than any other river in africa is greater in volume than the mississippi and is second only to the amazon it drains a basin as large as half of the united states proper and carries down so much sediment every year that if it could be piled up in one place it would form a hill a mile square and almost as high as the washington monument the congo is as long as the distance from new york to san francisco and two of its tributaries the kasai and the ubangi are each almost as long as the distance from the atlantic ocean to the great salt lake the river has many tributaries and its navigable waterways if stretched out in one line would reach about halfway around the globe so numerous are the rivers that there is hardly a spot in the whole basin that is eighty miles distant from a navigable waterway from its mouth to matadi about one hundred miles inland the congo is more like a long lake than a river it is five or six miles wide and in many places three hundred feet deep from matade to stanley pool about two hundred miles there is a series of cataracts but above that to stanley falls are more than one thousand miles of open river upon which steamboats can travel as well as upon the mississippi Are the lower parts of the hudson still farther inland are long stretches of fine waterways the river extending on and on with many tributaries until at last it is connected by the lukuga with Lake Tanganyika, and by the Luapula, and the Lualaba, with other great lakes farther south, not far from the watershed of the Zambezi. On the north, the headwaters of its tributaries come very close to those of Lake Albert, Lake Victoria, and the other headwaters of the Nile. The Congo Basin is one of the wonders of nature. Except where the river breaks through, it is shut in from the Atlantic by a wall of mountains there are highlands all about it and scientists tell us that it was once covered by a vast inland sea from five hundred to one thousand feet deep and so large that the evaporation of its waters filled the air with moisture giving rains to a great part of the sahara and libyan deserts then the lake began to overflow at the west through a sandy pass in the mountains the waters cut the pass down into the gorge where the cataracts of the congo now are and before long they made a deep trough out to the ocean as the gorge grew deeper and deeper more and more of the waters flowed off until the land was left as it today. this happened ages ago and now all the water that falls in the basin is carried out to the sea by the congo the basin is covered with vast forests and grassy plains it is inhabited by wild animals birds and insects and by millions of more or less savage men. We shall see all this for ourselves as we travel up the river. The water grows muddy as we steam onward. The green of the sea disappears, and as we enter the wide mouth of the Congo, the river has the color of pea soup. Now we have a strong current, and our ship goes more slowly. There are natives here and there fishing in rude boats far out in the stream. Enormous crocodiles are sleeping on the sandbanks, and from time to time storks, pelicans or wild geese fly over us now we see a flock of wild ducks and now white cranes flying together float like a great sheet across the sky we pass banana point a long sandy peninsula formed by the ocean and river on which some factories or warehouses are located and steam onward eighty miles farther up to boma the african seat of the belgian government which rules the great congo state the country is flat and covered with woods there are many creeks flowing into the river we pass large islands and numerous sandbanks we can see boma long before we come to it the town has two parts one consisting of warehouses and other business buildings lies close to the water and the other containing the public offices churches stores schools and homes of the foreigners is on the hills farther back a tramway with a little steam engine and open cars runs from one town to the other our ship anchors at a long iron pier and belgian officers in uniform come upon board while black-faced bare-legged policemen in blue zouave suits and white helmets stay on the pier to keep back the natives we land and walk to a hotel in the lower part of the city black congo boys carry our baggage up to our rooms they do not understand english and we have to make signs to get what we want later we visit the governor-general and his officials to learn about the country and to plan our tour the greater part of the basin of the congo is now a dependency of belgium it is known as the congo independent state and it has been divided up into fourteen districts each of which has a ruling commissioner sent out from belgium and some native and foreign soldiers to keep the people in order it is estimated that there are twenty millions in the belgian congo the people are more intelligent and more civilized than the negroes along the gulf of guinea and they differ from them in color and features most of them have brown skins and some have straight noses and small hands and feet they are usually tall and fine looking some have wavy hair while others have little curls like wool they are bantus a mixture of the negro races and the races we saw in northern africa which long ago crossed over from asia and gradually populated this country the bantus are to be found about the great lakes and in the valley of the congo they also live in most parts of southern africa except in the southwest where are the little black-skinned hottentots and bushmen they are divided up into tribes ranging in number from a few hundred families to many thousands each ruled by a king or chief each tribe has its own country and many have villages the bantus have various habits and customs and are peaceful and industrious and others are warlike and bad all are superstitious believing in witches and spirits everybody has his fetish and every tribe its witch doctor many bantus are cannibals nearly all have at times held slaves and slavery is still common in some parts of the country The different tribes make war upon one another so that their villages are like armed camps with the people always on the outlook for an enemy these people speak a language far different from that of the natives of morocco algeria and egypt a language which is much the same throughout the whole bantu race although each tribe has its own dialect the bantus of the congo valley to some extent govern themselves but each district is also under the control of a belgian commissioner and his agents and officials the governor-general at boma gives us letters to the various commissioners and by his advice we take one of the government steamers to the port of matadi here is a railroad which the belgians have built about the cataracts to carry passengers and freight between the ocean and the vast system of navigable waters which extends from stanley pool to the different parts of the congo basin The road is only 250 miles long, but in proportion to its length, it is one of the most important railroads of the world, for it opens up the central part of the African continent. Our ride is most picturesque. The cars are open at the sides. We go slowly and can see almost as well as though we were traveling in a carriage. Much of the track is far back from the river, and the road curves this way and that as it climbs the hills. Now we cross a great chasm, matted with jungle now pass through forests where the trees are bound together with vines and now are so close to the congo that we can see the mighty river boiling along through the gorges on its way to the ocean at last we reach the plateau and then drop to leopoldville under the shadow of mount leopold at the southwestern corner of stanley pool there are half a dozen great river steamers at the wharves and we learn that we can get ships which will carry us far up the Congo. End of chapter 34